everyone. I'm Tom Farrell here with my good friend, Sean Swarner. Hey, what's up, Tom? All good, Sean. And this is another one of our Hope Podcasts. Helping others persevere every day. Love it. Today, our topic of choice is overcoming obstacles, something you are somewhat familiar, familiar with, right? Yeah, I've, I've, I've had a few of those in my lifetime. A few indeed. Sean is a, for those of you who don't know, Sean is a two-time terminal cancer survivor. And uh, one or two curveballs have come your way in life, haven't they? Yes. Yes, they have. And, and I always say this to people, Sean. It's not the first time I've said this. You're one of those individuals that once you meet you, you can't forget you. And I remember, uh, I remember the first time I met you, I was in New York City, and a good mutual friend of ours, John Lippris, had set up the meeting at his office at Taylor, and he said, Tom, I want you to meet this guy that I think you're going to hit it off with, and hitting it off with you, I think, is the understatement of the year. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, everything happens for a reason, right? And uh, I'm truly blessed to have both you and John in my life. And hopefully he's listening to the podcast. I hope John Lippers is listening too. All right, you, you ready to jump right into this? Let's do it, man. Overcoming obstacles. When you get fired up, you, you tend to get passionate about what you talk about. And when you hear the term overcoming obstacles what's the first thing that comes to your mind oh man i i think i would have to say a couple things actually come to mind at the same time there's two concepts one is overwhelm and one is perspective on goals you know overwhelm uh, often because when people think about their obstacles they tend to look at them from the wrong perspective so the word obstacle itself, you know, it, it immediately, when you hear it, it immediately denotes a connotation of negativity. And with that negative thinking or perspective, I think it makes overcoming any obstacle exponentially more difficult. You know, it's, it's like when I was uh, attempting to climb Everest with one lung. If, if I listened to all the negativity, things like people telling me it was physiologically impossible, I, I didn't have the experience, I didn't have the support, I didn't have so many things, you know, if I listened to them, I would have quit. I think yeah, with, without question, you would have quit. Oh, and, and it happens to so many people. You know, they, they get this feedback from others and they don't believe in, in the reasons they're, they're doing what they're doing. You know, I, when, I, when I first came up with, with the idea of climbing Everest, I was living in Jacksonville, Florida. And it's, it's not exactly the ideal training ground for developing mountaineers. Um, in, in fact, the highest point in Florida is the, the top of the Four, Four Seasons Hotel in Miami. <laughs> but it, is that right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, 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 the the highest point is actually a, a man-made structure, not even a mountain. But if if I looked at everything that went into climbing Everest, I I would have become overwhelmed. But because I broke it down into bite-sized chunks, it became more manageable, and I, I didn't freak out and I didn't quit. You know, I I think so many people look at the giant picture and get that sensation of overwhelm, and they give up. But if you break your day but down, if you break down your day by day, you know, if, if you take your to-do list, say, and you put it in compartmental, easier to manage chunks, you won't get overwhelmed. Also, I, I looking looking hey Sean, looking back on Everest now, what was the biggest obstacle for you on Everest? 
You know, that's that's a great question. And and I would have to say climbing the physical mountain was much easier than climbing the uh, the proverbial financial mountain. You know, getting sponsorship to get it, to go over there. Yeah, it's always a challenge. Uh, it was awful. And and I, I again though I, I I started at the end and I, I pictured myself on top and I didn't let anything get in my way and I wasn't overwhelmed because I broke it down into much more like I said earlier manageable bite sized chunks. You know, overwhelm is is about perspective and and based on the perspective you have and the perspective you perspective you develop you can learn that and this is huge you can learn that there are no obstacles only opportunities you know and i, I honestly i think i love all, that sean i love that well it's it's so true because everyone always focuses on what they can't do what 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 they don't have but if you focus on uh, seeing those challenges you know that that you face like when i when i climbed everest i i saw all those challenges uh, to be to be opportunity to become stronger to improve myself and whenever anyone has any obstacles in life they can choose to look for opportunities and become stronger you know you can spend more time with family you can you can have uh, more time to read and improve yourself you can pick up a new hobby whatever you've always wanted to do you can always see opportunity in every situation Something you just said there about um, it, it triggered a thought in my mind about beginning with the end in mind. Do you find yourself doing that a lot of times with different um, different portions or parts of your life? Oh, I do. I, I do it in every portion of my life. It started when I was going through my first cancer. You know, I I, I didn't. I, I focused on swimming back and forth a year after I was diagnosed and winning the champion championship league swim meet. And I gave myself something to visualize. I'm, I'm a huge believer in the mind body connection. And I, I continue doing that. And I actually visualize myself inside my body in a micro, this is, this is, this is going to be way out there, but I, I visualize myself in a micro microscopic interplanetary, I guess, interbodetary interplanetary spaceship where I would drip in with the chemotherapy and all these little spaceships would collect in the heart. Now, keep in mind, I'm 13, so I have a crazy imagination. And these micro spaceships would gather in the heart and we could hear the heartbeat just kind of boop, 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 going. And I would visualize the valve inside the heart opening and closing. And then all of a sudden, I would be shot out of the heart and I would follow the GPS tracker on my dashboard, zipping in and out of veins, following this, this, uh, these directions on my GPS to sneak up and attack the cancer cells that I was d designed to attack. So I would unload the missiles and ray guns and everything else that were laden with chemotherapy to destroy the, uh, the, the, the disease. Sean, you just gave us a, a new idea for a show here, I think. <laughs> An animation show. That, that is some serious 13-year-old thinking going on there. And I, I continue to do it through the second cancer, and I, I do it everywhere. You know, if if you think you can or you can't, you're absolutely right. And if you are approached with something and your initial thought is, oh, I don't know about that, as opposed to being open to the opportunity, you you again, you see it as an obstacle, not an opportunity.
So for Everest, I visualized myself on top. Every night I went to bed while I was training. I smelled the ozone. I could hear the styrofoam crunching of the snow beneath my feet. My feet. I could feel the, the sun's radiation burning my skin. You know, I could feel how out of breath I was. I used as many senses as I possibly could because in all honesty, the brain doesn't know the difference between um, true visualization and reality. So if you, what you do is you essentially form new synaptic connections in your brain. So whether you, like I said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And if you wake up and you see op obstacles as opposed to opportunities, you're living a very closed-minded negative life. Why wouldn't you turn it around, develop these new synaptic connections, and see the world in a completely positive way? Here we go. I told you you get passionate when you start talking about this kind of stuff. <laughs> Love it. Making the best out of what life throws at you. Making the best out of what life throws at you. One of my favorite things. Um, and I think we share the same philosophy on this. No matter how big or how small the obstacle is, somehow you got to find a way to make the best out of it. So let's talk a little bit about that from, from your perspective. You know, I, I, it's kind of funny because I'm sitting here laughing because I, I, I have so many stories in my brain that, that want to come out at the same time. I, you know, <laughs> I've, always, I've always thought that there are two types of fun. There's type one fun and type two fun. Type one fun is in the moment. You're having a blast. For me, it'd be like uh, going to Cedar Point, you know, the, the amusement park in Ohio. Yep. Yep. So it's, it's the world's, in my eyes, the world's best roller coaster park. And, you know, I can remember, I, I, I can imagine uh, hands up, you know, blasting down the hill, shooting to the curves, uh, feeling the wind on my face, people screaming. That's type one for me. Yeah, type two fun that's kind of like um, like an expedition to the North Pole. You should you should know something about that with the workshop. <laughs> yeah, yes, I do. Although I wasn't physically fit enough to go with you, I felt like I went there with all the footage that we captured and was able to look at of it. Somehow, you guys managed to uh, to put together an amazing film and and made eighty below look tolerable. And that's our our true North film that we did with you, which was awesome. It, it was it was unbelievable. And that that's like the, the type two fun. It was 80 below. I was pulling a 150 pound sled, sleeping on glacial ice, potentially floating two miles in the opposite direction while we were sleeping. Giant gaps in the ice that made the water look like oil because it's so cold and deep. In the moment, it's absolutely terrifying. But after you get home and, you, and you're safe, you look back and kind of think to yourself, huh, that was kind of fun. <laughs> Only you would say, huh, that was kind of fun. <laughs> but so in, in the moment, type two fun, you, you know it's going to suck, but you embrace the suck. It, it, it isn't as bad as it could be. And I also think by focusing on the end result, it gives you hope to continue through the bad times. Go, go, like going to the North Pole, I had a goal in mind, 90 degrees north. Every night I went to bed, I pictured myself there at the end. But I also put in some real emotion to it. You know, if it, let me ask you a question. If you look back at your memories right now in your life, what do you most remember? Were they logical memories or the, the um, memories where you have this emotional attachment to them? Absolutely the fun times I remember immediately. Yeah, exactly. It's not where you're sitting there being logical. It's, it's where you have this emotional attachment to it. And that's because emotions are so powerful. And if you can put an emotional attachment to your end result, you'll much more likely be able to achieve it. Does that make sense? Yeah, perfect sense. 
Hey, one of, one of the things I say to my kids all the time is never get too high and never get too low and, and try to always keep that balance in life. You know, it's okay to feel good and it's okay to, to feel bad. So how do you handle those times when they're not so good? And, and what would be your advice to people who, who come across some bumpy times in life? How, how do they not get too low? Mm-hmm. That's that's a good one and uh, very important for people to understand. Um, I think the biggest factor here is when you feel bad, like when you have a bad day, when, whenever you don't feel like you're, you're on your A game, the biggest thing is to remember it's a feeling. It's a temporary state. It's not a condition. Just just because you feel down doesn't mean you're depressed, and just because you're you're not feeling motivated doesn't mean you're lazy. It's it's a state. It's it's an emotional state. It's not a condition. Uh, you know, a, a perfect example would be when I was battling my second cancer. I was in a medically induced coma for about a year, and I had what I guess what alcoholics would would call moments of clarity. And during those moments, I could have thought that my my life was never going to change. But I didn't let it consume my thoughts. In fact, you know, I, I, I mentioned earlier that I, I have, believe in the, the mind-body connection, and I did a lot of meditating. You know, not like people think where I'm sitting cross-legged, my hands and my knees going, oh, you know, not, not like that. I, but I would lay in my bed with my hands on my stomach. Um, and it's, it, if anybody wants to do it right now, it's actually kind of, it's very relaxing laying down, hand on your stomach, and I would feel my breath going deep into my lungs because my stomach would lift up, and I would just focus on my breath. And focusing on your breath is one of the best ways to actually calm down and relax. And when I was meditating, while I was going through those cancers, thoughts would come into my brain. I'd recognize them, but I would just let them float out again. You know, I still do that before I go to bed, and sometimes during the day, depending on what's happening in my life and in the world, but I'd recognize that they're just thoughts. They don't evoke any fear. They don't make me feel like I'm in danger. Anyhow, I, I, I know what emotion I'm feeling in the moment, especially if it's bad. It's just a temporary state. It's not a representation of who I am overall. And I think if people understand, quote unquote, this too shall pass, is relevant to world situations, but also our own emotional state. I'm sitting here with my hands on my belly, uh, <laughs> exhaling right now. So I had to get up back into the chair. Give me a story. You, the one of the things that I really enjoy about hanging out with you are all the stories that you have, because you can sit there and you have one after another, after another. But is there one story that comes to mind that would fit in this topic that we're talking about today, overcoming obstacles? Yeah, let me... Let me think about that one for a second. Um, I think something that would probably be relevant now would be when I was climbing Denali, which is the highest mountain in North America. I was finishing up the Seven Summits, uh, which is the highest mountain on every continent. I was on about day three with my team, and believe it or not, we got so much snow. Uh, there was there was more. We got more snow in two days than the entire Alaska range did that whole winter. So we got so much snow, we couldn't continue on to camp, the next camp, for about a week. So basically, my tent mate and I were stuck inside a tent for, for seven days, which is, I mean, it's what? Um, my arms are spreading out here. I'm thinking it's maybe seven feet by seven feet. So we're talking about the size of a small bathroom or a big closet. 
And we try to keep ourselves busy by reading, by talking, by writing in our journals. There was one time we even had a three-day game of war. You remember that card game you played when you were a kid? Absolutely. <laughs> we we had a game that went on for three days. It was insane. <laughs> we 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 had we had two separate rubber bands, so we would just hold on to each of our decks, and it, we would just we would wake up, you know, brush our teeth, uh, make some uh, make some breakfast where you'd scoop out some snow, put it in the stove, melt some melt some snow to get some water. Just repeat after day. It was like it was like. Um, that movie Groundhog Day, but on but on a, on the mountains and in a tent. Over and over and over again. Oh, it was miserable. So we we had a three day game or three day long game of of war. It was it was crazy, and we still joke about it all the time. But eventually, we got tired of playing that 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 game, and we ended up going out out of the tent and digging a snow cave. Uh, we probably shoveled out a few tons of snow because we carved out a uh, in inside this tunnel, basically this huge snow cave. We carved out a couch, some chairs, and a TV. It was it, it was just like being at home, man. Except we had no heat, the couch wasn't comfortable, and the TV didn't work. But even in such tight quarters, we managed to find things to keep us occupied. Uh, we we found things to do. We were creative. We also knew that we were only there temporarily. And there was a light at the end of the tunnel, so we knew it sucked, but we embraced the suck, so it wasn't as bad as it could be. With the right attitude, with the right perspective, it's amazing how much you can put up with and how much you can endure. Uh, that's for sure, man. No truer words uh, have been said. Uh, all right, let's do, uh, let's do something here where you are going to give the people at home some tips on, on how to overcome obstacles. One, keep things in perspective. Two, your emotional state is just that, a state. And three, keep focusing on the end result. So the first one, keep things in perspective. There are no obstacles, only opportunities. Two, your emotional state is just that. It's a state, it's a feeling. It's not a condition and it's not who you are permanently. And the last one is keep focusing on the end result and you'd actually be surprised at how much you can really endure. Awesome, Sean. Well, as always, I could talk to you all day long, but let's save it for another day. Uh, can't wait for our next topic. Me too, brother. Mind, uh, mind if I pick next week's? I'm expecting you to pick next <laughs> week. So, I'm Tom Farrell. He's Sean Swarner. Have a good one. And that is your dose of hope for today.